Hey everyone, welcome to Fireside Finance Chats. I'm your co-host Trevor, joined by the one, the only, the mile-high manager of other people's money, Blaine. We How like are you doing, Blaine? One, I'm good. We, we like to say one mile closer to heaven. Is that what you guys like to say? It is. It is. And, and um, you know, I've, I've actually probably said it once in my life, so... <laughs> I really, I really like where you live, man. It's kind of an unknown little town. It's nice because it's 16 minutes to get down to the Flatlanders, yeah. as like we like to call it. And and then the good thing too is it's 20 degrees colder, and so those two things really work out well, in my opinion. So you mean when it was 100 degrees here today? It was 80, and I was sweating. It's weird. I was driving on the highway today for the first time in two months, and I I look up. It's a hundred degrees, and I look up, and where you live is covered in snow. Isn't that weird? I was like, "What in the world?" Such an interesting place geographically. But anyway, we are now on week four of our bull market. How does that make you feel? It depends. See, bull market implies that you know how it ends a little bit. <laughs> See, this could be week four of a bear rally. It, uh, it doesn't. Make, you ask. It doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? I saw a tweet the other day that said, um, "26 million people have filed for unemployment, and in that time, the market's up 15 percent." Yeah, that's it's bananas, man. I mean, but I, I don't, I don't know what if that if that information is helpful to me. I mean, I guess, I guess, long term that kind of stuff matters, right? Like how, what the unemployment rate is and blah, blah, blah. It's in the short term that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, in theory, the market is supposed to be dictated by the earnings of corporations and, and it it is a leading indicator. Um, the market is. And so they're just looking very far ahead, um, to justify the current prices, which is just, it's not something the market normally does. it must be very far ahead because I'm in my mind being forward looking would be a bad thing right now. Well, yeah, it's just how forward. Yeah. I guess if you're looking into the next century, things are probably better than they are now. Maybe one, one way I heard it, it's like, you know, the market is easily looking over the Valley and, and it's like, so we know we have to go down this Valley with, with lower earnings and, and all of that. And, you know, potential recession or depression and and i mean that's a long valley and the market normally doesn't do that it normally just freaks out and um so it's it's been very interesting um very unique and one thing that came out i don't know if you saw this oh you did um it was about the antibody testing in new york right so 14 percent have had it of the 3,000 people they tested and that is a problem. And the problem, is, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like we might have overdone this shutdown. Careful, man. Get in trouble talking like that. But yeah, I mean, that's my personal opinion. Well, it's, that means the mortality rate is far lower than we thought. <laughs> it, it's... it's um an order of magnitude lower than we thought. Um, and 
that's just the first study. That's the thing. People think, you know, people have a tendency to say, well, I'm going to leave it up to the experts, you know, and that's, I think, a good, a good stance to have. The thing is, there hasn't been a study. So people are pretty confident in something that hasn't been determined yet. What all we've looked at is the only data we've collected is of critical cases. What is the death rate? That's not how you calculate a mortality no. rate, you know? <laughs> so really, if you're looking of all cases, what is the death rate? And it's, it's probably less than 0.5%. They, they had a pretty big sample in New York. They had 3,000 people, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. But New York is the hardest hit state. So that's the worst death rate, most likely. If we did that same thing in California, what would we find? I don't know. But Germany found a point two, so that's less than half of what New York found. That's kind of what the the, the number I keep seeing is is point two percent, and and that's a lot of people, though. Um, you know, but, obviously in a country of million. Right. Yeah, it is, but it's point two percent of people who get it. Um, which is the same as the flu. Ironically, the flu is point two percent. And then you also have sampling error. That's another thing. I I don't want to go on a huge tangent on this because I felt like I talked about it too much last week. But there there is a financial incentive to to code someone as having COVID. Um, and right now in, in the climate, it's unlikely that if someone dies and they have COVID that you would code that as anything else. You know what I mean? So we we talked about this a little bit, but say someone has um, COPD, very you know advanced COPD, and they get COVID, and then they uh, they they pass away. Um, that's a COVID death. But the same person gets the flu and passes away. That's a COPD death. And that's not that's not really far fetched. That's it's just how it works. I mean, we're we're in this environment where there's this crazy pandemic going on. We're gonna yep. capture that. You know what I mean? Yep. So. I wouldn't be surprised if it is actually comparable to the flu, which has kind of been my opinion for a while. At first, I thought we were all going to die, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, just like everybody else. But lately, I'm like, okay, I mean, man, people are losing their jobs. I had, I had to lay people off this week at my job. Yeah. And, and I'm in healthcare, so I'm, I'm laying off, in my case, PTs, but my counterpart is laying off nurses. I'm like, man, we're in a pandemic, and we're laying off nurses. That's odd because we had I had someone that was semi-retired, and she's an ICU nurse, and so she got pulled back in, um, making a lot of money per week, and so that that's interesting. That that makes sense for ICU. I mean, I think that's probably the only. It's probably the only part of the hospital that's doing better now, because I mean this is I mean this is a real illness that's happening. I mean, a, a bad a bad flu can overwhelm an ICU, you know. So th- this, I think this would be you could call this a a bad flu, even if you said it's twice as bad as a flu, which it may or may not be. That could overwhelm ICUs, so that doesn't surprise me. But just generally speaking, hospitals aren't overwhelmed. This is a really bad time for hospitals, actually. They're empty. 
That's what I was going to wonder is, is so from a, from an investing point of view, you have um, a few stocks that are um, like, you know, hospital networks. Um, I, I know there's one in Texas that I was looking at that is similar to Kaiser here. And, and then there's insurers and like United Healthcare and things like that. And who, you, you obviously know this space better than, than I do. And, and what, I mean, how are those companies expected to do in your opinion? Man, that's, that's tough. I mean, so basically this is how it works. So if you say, say you get a patient and their diagnosis is influenza, I guess you might get $3,000 to manage it. Uh, but then say it's COVID, you might get six or seven. Why is that? Why why is there a difference? Oh, diagnose the payments just based on diagnosis. It's set by it's set by Medicare and other insurers. It's I mean the idea is that the COVID patient costs more to take care of, I guess. I don't that's probably I don't know if that's true, but that's how that's how it works. Every diagnosis has what's called a uh I'm not as good at hospital names, but I believe it's called a a DRG, a diagnosis resource group. So every diagnosis has a different payment associated with it. If you can get that COVID patient on a respirator, you're talking about 15 grand. So so from that perspective, it's it's good for hospitals if they have a lot of COVID patients. The problem is is that that's the only patient they're seeing right now practically. All and is that because they shut been... they shut everything else down? Exactly. Yeah. So hospital admissions in DCs are way down overall. Um, which is not good. DCs? But then, but then you made that you, a couple of weeks ago. You talked about Starbucks. What did you say about Starbucks? If, well, you, if you don't if, get one today, pay, yeah, you're not going to buy two tomorrow. Right. So that's not true in this case, though, because if you don't yeah. get a knee surgery today, they'll need it. Well. I guess you're not going to get two, but you're still going to get it, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So there is going to be pent-up demand. Um, but you're right. I guess you, you still don't make up that ground, but there is going to be pent-up demand. So I, I'm, that's not really something I'm comfortable making a prediction on. I just know right yeah. now is a bad time for healthcare. But from the insurance side of things, is it – how does that work? Um. Well, it's right now is probably a great time for insurers because they aren't spending as much money. But that will change as soon as this all blows over and all these elective surgeries fire back up again. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, I know this is kind of my area, but all all I know is it's it's uh appears to be hard times at my company. We we had to do we had to do quite a bit of what they call riffs, a reduction in force. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I don't want to get into it in case anyone ever listens to this, but it, it did not really sit well with me. I mean, these are, this is supposed to be a temporary thing, I would think. Yeah. It seems like we could hang in there a little bit, but, um, anyway, especially because I'm sure, I'm sure we're collecting some money. We're collecting some payroll protection money, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, in theory, wouldn't you not be eligible for that, or at least uh, if you if you reduce staff? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we probably collected it and then laid them off. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it just. I mean, I guess anybody can say, "Hey, it doesn't sit right with me that we're firing people." It's not. It's not my company, so. Yeah. You know, 
but at the, at the same time, it's like, um, I mean, we're not expecting this to continue for a year, are we? Maybe we are. I mean, there's been some other background payment changes. Honestly, we've been talking about layoffs before this happened. I think this was just kind of a convenient catalyst. Yeah. Like, hey, worldwide pandemic. We're sorry, guys. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, man. My sound, my sound is super weird. You're, I sound super loud in my headphones, but on the recording, I'm super quiet. So um, hopefully it turns out okay. But anyway, so back, back to the whole payroll protection thing. Have you been, have you been hearing about all these big companies getting checks? And so I'm going to take a weird stance on this. And this is not that com- those, those large companies. It is not their fault. Hmm. Be- because I, agree. I mean, if anything, they have a fiduciary responsibility to take that money, right? And they didn't break the law. Agreed. And so the, everybody should be mad at Congress for. I agree. I agree. For, for slapping this together super fast, it's like, oh yeah, if you have 500 employees in one location, you know, then you're. It's like, wait, like that's. Like, I mean that apply, that applies to my company. We have over ten thousand employees, but we probably don't have more than twenty in one location. Yeah, or thirty. So it's like, you know, like, that's ridiculous. And and so of course these companies are going to do that. And it's like you wonder why I ran out of money in a week. And and so it's just it's really funny to me. And yeah, go figure. And it's like you know somebody wrote that and knew. You know, it's like yeah, that wasn't just, an it, accident. No. And it's like, it, that's what cracks me up about that. It's like, really? And and I, I get why people are upset at the, the large companies, but um, you, everybody would do the exact same thing if they were one of those large companies. It's like, oh, yeah. Or, or, I mean, this is this is financial hoarding is, is what it is. Yeah. And it, it'd almost be irresponsible not to. Exactly. And... And so I, I I forget who the first one was to give it back, but um, they did that Shake once they Shack. secured. Yeah, yeah. Once Shake Shack gave it back, they did that because they secured other funding, to, another bridge loan, basically to get through it. And and so that's fine, but it's like there should be no animosity towards those companies, and there is, and that's that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it, it, this just seems to be the story of our country for the last couple of decades. It's you know, they, they try to blame it on, oh, it's capitalism or, oh, it's socialism. But in reality, it's it's neither. It's just that people look out for their friends and the yeah. people who pay them. Yeah, because I would, I would do anything to, to keep everybody at, at our place employed. Right. You know, and it's like, it's like, of course. And, and so, yeah, it's, you can't. But then again, there's, you know, it's like you get, you know, I think they got like ten million dollar loans, and you know, the you think how many really small companies could have had a, a very small slice of that ten million dollars, you know, and and so it's like I think the good it's hard to say you know where the greater good is as far as you know if if a thousand small companies should split that pie or if Shake Shack should get it. Yeah, I, th- um, I think you're right, and I think that's a super reasonable approach because everyone's kind of keyed up right now looking to fight. Hey, um, can you back off your microphone like six inches? Yes, I sure can. How okay. is this now? Keep talking? I can keep talking all day. Oh, that is beautiful. All right. 
I can actually turn you up. I, I sound like a grizzly bear in my headphones and I can barely hear you. <laughs> so I've probably been talking over you this whole time. It, it all sounds normal to me, but. And it's funny because I can barely hear you, but you're blowing out the recorder. So I don't know what's going on, but yeah. So stay far away from it. I'll cut this out. But anyway, um, yeah. So man, we got, we got publicly traded companies getting money, which apparently they're changing the rules. Um, we have good news that the death rate is much lower than we thought, which I think a lot of us kind of intuitively knew, but once you hear it in the media, it's like, oh geez, if they're saying it, it's gotta be true, you know? Yeah. Um, because they've kind of been hyping this up. So now I wonder at what point is it okay to start getting a little bit back to normal? I drive around and dude, it feels like nothing's changed. People are out walking. I'm seeing a lot more people without masks. There was a line at Starbucks that backed up to Church Street today. Isn't that crazy? So I think there's a lot of pent-up demand, which I think that's a good sign for the economy, don't you? It definitely is. Um, there's the only cautionary thing I, I've seen is is they when they've relaxed restrictions in Asian countries, and I think one of them was China, I don't know the others, but I think a lot of the people were still hesitant to go out. And yeah. and so I, I do think it's going to be a gradual thing, and I think there's you know, some of the, the older people I talked to um, are still really freaked out about it. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I get that. And that's probably the group that should be, you know? Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, people are dying. I, I I hope if anybody listens to this in the future, they don't they don't think I'm being heartless. I mean, it is it is crazy what's going on. I just I I think we just overdid it a little bit, and I think we overdid it because no one wanted to be responsible. Which I don't blame them. If I was a governor, uh, I'd probably overdo it too. You know? Absolutely. And and it's like you there was so much stuff we didn't know in in yes. February and March, and and there was, it would have been reckless to do anything but shut it down. Right. And and so it's like this, you know, we can we can sit here and talk and say, oh, well, the death rate's not that bad. I mean, right. You know, in hindsight, late April. <laughs> and so yeah, it's um, but now it now it's it's already happened. Um, and so now what's the fallout going to be? And yeah, you know what it you know what I think is going to happen. Reasonable people like you and I can be like, oh yeah, I mean we didn't know. I I don't blame anybody for doing this, and let's just get back to normal now that we know. Um, I don't think politicians will do that. I think they're going to want to be, to stay locked down as long as possible. I think I think big companies too. Dis- Disneyland sent out an email because we have like a annual pass, you know, and they said, hey, we're pl- we're not planning to open until January. Holy moly! That's big news, man. Do you, do you think that is to not um, overpromise and underdeliver, but rather to underpromise and overdeliver? I hope so. I I hope in a month they send out the email. Great news! We've decided to open in June. You know. I think I think that's smart on their on their behalf of saying January because that's that's expectation setting, and and I would imagine they would open up before that, but. I mean, who knows, man? Yeah. If that's the case, we're, you know, other people will follow suit and we're going to be in trouble longer than I thought. But I'm having a hard time finding companies that I want to buy right now. How about you? 
No, nothing. I mean, there were a month ago, um, but but right now, there's I think there's too much um, potential downside for considering everything that's happened. Um, yeah, there, there's just. I mean, you can never predict what the market's going to do, but now is you're really just throwing darts. I feel like. Yeah, and you know it's. But some, I've, but somehow the VIX is down. <laughs> Um, I have some, we have some housekeeping news. Okay. Our first official housekeeping of the show, episode three. We have a website now. Um, it's a beautiful website, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's nothing currently. It's just a list of our episodes, but eventually it will be nice. I hope beautiful. it's called Fireside Chats Network. And the word network may be optimistic. But I, I, so. I think we were talking about maybe wanting to do some other shows eventually. You, you, I know you um, know a lot about off-grid stuff and permaculture and hobby farming, and I think it'd be fun to maybe do like a small business one or health or I don't know, but our options are open. Or maybe if you are a listener out there and you have a good idea, maybe they could become a part of the network. That's 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 the definition of a network. Exactly. <laughs> if it's just you and me, it's not much of a network. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you think about airlines? So I was thinking about this over the week, and airlines have become a utility. Yes. Oh, you're yes. I I had not thought of it like that until right now, but yes, that's so that's so true. And I did look, by the way, you can go right now from Los Angeles, LAX, to Las Vegas for, drumroll, $37. No way. And uh, a very, you know, a few days a week. Um, I, think the, I think the high rate is 50 um, but, but yeah, so $37. Um, so airlines are going to get pummeled. United is selling... 22 aircraft to pay some bills. Um, Makes it's sense. not good. And well, yeah, and I heard they're selling them and then potentially leasing them back. That's silly. I it's, I agree. And so it's but it's such a hyper competitive industry that there's no way any of these companies can survive, you know, without you know, an 80% revenue drop. I don't know what their, their numbers are, but I heard the other day that LAX traffic is down 95%. So here, here's, and, the, here's the question. I mean, the government won't let them fail, I'm sure. They won't, they won't let it happen. But they'll let some of them fail, right? So do you think, do you think the long-term, long-term winners here are the bigger companies like, like American, Delta, United? Yeah, they, they have to be. Um, I think I think those are going to be the the too big to fail of this this whole cycle. Because no nobody's going to uh, care if Spirit or Frontier disappear. And I'm I'm slightly okay with that just because of their <laughs> safety record. Um, I mean they got stuff falling off of airplanes and. <laughs> Do they really? I I hate flying, so I I I'm with you, but I didn't know that. It's not that bad, but I know I think it's Spirit um, or Frontier. I'm not hey, sure which one. But... You you take two inches away from that microphone right now. Um, did I ever tell you I flew in spirit and we landed at a military base and we had to be taken off four at a time in a van? Like on accident? 
Yeah, no, I mean, they couldn't land at the airport because they didn't have a gate or something. I don't know. I don't know the details. This was a long time ago. I was like 10. So we landed at March in Marina Valley, you know? Yeah. And uh, and they took us by van, like four at a time. That must have taken forever. Oh, my gosh. We were there overnight. It was insane. Spirit Airlines, what the price you pay for a $50 ticket. Um, okay, so airlines, it sounds like we're thinking the bigger companies will do better. Um, oil. I'm thinking, though, that, well, back to airlines. Okay. So back in 2008, and, and I don't know if this actually happened or not, but the government was almost considering buying, you know, basically making GM a state-owned entity. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if talk of that happens in airlines. I've already seen some Yahoo um, finance articles about the government becoming a shareholder. Yep. And, and it, I just don't like that. Does that um, bode well or poor for their stock price, do you think? Oh, man. So, like, to me, it would, it, it I would view it as a poor thing. Um, it means it means they're financially not doing well, and then it means they have the government as a stakeholder, um, which I don't like either. Right. But um, no, I I don't like that. But but I, but I imagine the market would. What do you because think? Because it's it's security. Do you think oil price is a saving grace for them? I think they can. It well it definitely helps. Um, you know, but, but then again, if, you know, once, once flights pick back up, then, you know, oil prices will probably, right. I don't know how much of the market that is, but you know, I imagine the oil prices will go up as well. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, I think here's the thing. We no longer, this isn't anywhere close to a free market and I don't, I'm, we don't need to get into that discussion, I guess, but if if we were just making these decisions based on business fundamentals, we would be shorting. I'd be shorting the hell out of the airlines, you know? But, oh, yeah. But it's not based on that. And then you start wondering, is that? do you really want to be trying to align yourself with what might happen from the government? Have you have you heard hashtag mint the coin yet? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, oh, I think I know. Is it the trillion dollar coin? Yes, I just, I just before we called, read like a little short couple paragraphs about it. So I don't, I don't know if what I read is true or not. But what, what have and you heard team, about? It? So it was a, a gentleman. I don't remember his name, but he brought it to. I think it was Paul Krugman. I I saw his name in the article, but this was somebody different um, that brought it to one of the freshman senators. Um, to leave and she proposed it like a month ago that this two trillion dollar stimulus can be paid for basically by minting two coins that are worth a trillion dollars each um i think i got a platinum or something and and that that would that that way basically it wouldn't there would be no debt required to finance and it's it's modern monetary theory. Oh yeah, and, you, you better believe it, man. And that's the thing; they're not actually worth a trillion dollars. They're so, there's so some. We're gonna loophole. keep them. What's that? We're gonna keep them. 
<laughs> right. Right. I guess, I guess Fort Knox, I don't know. But, but basically there's some loophole. I don't know what law regulates the mint, but basically, you know, when it comes to gold and silver, there's some kind of limitations as to, you know, if you, if you make a gold coin that's worth a thousand dollars, you can only denominate it like 10 X max, you know, you can't make a million dollar gold coin that's worth a thousand dollars basically. But with platinum, there's no such rule. So you can make a platinum coin that's worth four grand, but you can stamp one trillion on it. And then it becomes a legal tender, just like a just like a hundred dollar bill is not worth a hundred dollars, you know. Technically. Oh, because of the, the cost of input to make the hundred dollar bill? Do you think it costs a hundred bucks to make a dollar hundred dollar bill? Obviously not. Right, right. So you, I mean you so you can that's fiat currency or whatever you want to call yeah. it, right? So you can't do that with gold coins and silver coins, I guess. There's you some can. type of law. Yeah. But with a platinum coin, there is no law. So you can make a platinum coin that's worth, like, you know, in terms of the bullion price of the platinum yeah. is worth two grand, but you can stamp you can stamp a trillion on it. And, and so is this movement um, gathering steam? It is sure. gathering so much oh. steam. There, there are senators reposting it saying, hey, if this is a tool available to us to keep people employed and to allow us to do more stimulus, because they're not talking about to pay off the debt. They're saying pay off the debt and then we'll just get right back to where we are by doing it again. This is great. <laughs> this is great. You know what? It's, it might it's just work be... for a while. So. Yeah, and so I've heard a lot of good arguments for modern monetary theory. I, I hesitate to call it MMT because I feel like that gives it credibility. Um, oh, yeah, once you have an acronym, you're legit. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I, there's, I've read a couple papers on it, and, and I get it. And, and one of the things it talks about is, so obviously the risk is high inflation. Or not, yeah, high inflation or devaluing of the currency. And... And the the antidote for that is raising taxes. And so whenever you get high inflation, you raise taxes. And that funnels money out of circulation back to the government. Okay, so we'll be taxed more, and then the money we keep will be worth less. Well, in theory, the taxes sucked out of the economy will raise the value of the dollars in circulation. Got it. Okay. And so there's there's a lot of like theory that that I get, but it's never been done on a on even a micro scale, and as far as a, as far as a government currency, and and so it's um, it's just real weird, and it's like, hey, let's not roll this out now, um, but maybe it is a good time. I don't know, but but it's it's a very odd proposition. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out what to do with with cash right now. I wouldn't worry about it. What are you What are you recommending? Just keep just buying Vanguard or buying land. I, I sold it. I sold a house. I yeah. I'm that's. I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't. Well, maybe buy now, but I try. I wouldn't try to sell anything else. I would imagine the real estate market dried up. I I um, caught I caught the last two buyers willing to pay asking price. I sold a house in Florida, and then I think on the last show I was telling you about a house in Ohio I had for sale. I, I um it's in escrow now. 
good. Cross your fingers. Yeah, seriously, seriously. The, um, I mean, the the reason I sold it is I, I I had wanted to sell it for a while, and I actually put it for sale before any of this happened. So I guess I could have tried to put a tenant in it, but with the whole like you know tenants don't have to pay rent anymore thing, I just wanted to get rid of it. I, I don't yeah. know if that was foolish. I still have how I mean I still have more with good tenants. This house was kind of in a rougher, you know, I wasn't getting like quality folks in it. Um, yeah. So anyway, but I mean, what are you recommending to people if you, if you can say that they do, if they have a lot of money on the sidelines right now, hold it's, it's all, it's all time horizon. Um, and so it's like, we have, we, we've had a couple clients that have had cash sitting on the sidelines that, that we dollar cost averaged in just to the S and P 500, um, you know, once, once a week. And that's something that we did for a little bit. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I guess that's kind of what, kind of what I'm doing, but with just individual stocks, like just trying to nibble on good deals when I can. Yeah. But, but if, if, if somebody's younger, just put it in the S and P and don't look at it or, or the, anything tech focused or NASDAQ is, you know, because I think anything technology related, um, is good right now. They just, and, they and just think, keep going up, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it's some, I mean, it's like, you know, everybody's still on Facebook and seeing ads right? and, and, you know, Google's not going anywhere. Amazon's, all-time highs oh my gosh uh, this this crisis was tailor-made for amazon oh it's great and and it's like i'm, I'm a you know that, hard to believe in amazon. And, I, and i hate to go back to the the coronavirus thing but i think that is the most frustrating part of the whole do we open or do we not everything is open except for small business Target's open, Amazon's open, Walmart's open, FedEx is open, gas stations are open, grocery stores are open. Everything's open except for the mom and pop places that don't sell food. That's the only thing that's closed. Yeah. So at this point, we're just saying we're just giving the finger to small business. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and low, you know, lower income, and and you know, it's it's like they they've gotten hit the hardest, and and they are the the one. I mean, it's like you can't expect somebody that makes you know, eight or ten dollars an hour to have six months of cash, you know, in oh, their savings no way, account. Yeah. And and it's like they're the ones that have been devastated from this and it's just really tough. Yeah. And then so I mean, so Olivia, my wife, she has a small business. She didn't get any money, right? And then she kinda has like a like a women business owners kind of like group. They all own businesses. None of them got any money, you know? Yeah. But then you get FedEx getting money, and it's like, all right, this doesn't seem quite right. So when are we going to go back to normal? You know, and yeah. it's it's a shame seeing how many people don't want to go back to normal, and I get why, because they're scared. But it doesn't take that much to go look around and realize that we're not on quarantine right now. No, and and who did who did you mean that um, doesn't want to go back to normal? I, I just get the sense that there's a lot of people who think it's it's risky to reopen the economy. Yeah. And it, it it might be to an extent, but I mean really it's just concerts and small businesses that are closed right now. And beaches. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
Well, which, I guess there was a bunch in California that, that went today. There's like a protest or something? No, it's just a heat wave. Everybody ran to the beach. Yeah. Like 10,000. I, I said there's stores reopening on State Street. And I was saying to Olivia, I was like, is that, isn't that like illegal? And I think it is. I don't think they can open up, but they just are. It's interesting. I would. I, I don't know. It's, that, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens in Georgia. And yeah, you, what's, you going, what's going on there? I don't really know what's up with that. So, Republican governor, um, we're very pro push to get everything opened up. And so, and Trump even, um, you know, said that wasn't a good move. Um, and so their, their COVID cases are rising. The last two weeks, they've had increasing cases. Okay. And they've opened up, I think, as of Monday or yesterday, um, uh, like, like salons, um, you know, tattoo parlors, barber shops, spas, uh, bowling alleys was another one. And it's like, what a good way to catch COVID is with at a bowling alley. Oh my gosh, you can catch gonorrhea if you go to a bowling alley. <laughs> Those places are petri dishes. I I would I would love to see. Not that I don't trust you because I do, but I'm just what I mean is I would love I would love to see. Okay, COVID cases are rising since they opened. What are the number of tests being done? And what's the positive rate since they opened? Yeah. That'd be that'd be interesting. You know, did did I don't think that data's ever gonna be there. Right. Because yeah, I mean, COVID cases I think are technically as long as there's one case a day, COVID cases are raising are rising, you know? So that's a easy headline to make. I would I wanna I mean, maybe I'm just asking for too much, but I would want to know in the states that never closed or in the states that reopened early, what is the actual statistical risk that they're putting their people at? And if it's, yeah. if it's minuscule, then I'd rather people not lose their job. But if it's significant, then that's a conversation, you know, that yeah. makes more sense. I don't know. I'm, I, I think this will just take time to play out. We'll see. Do you have your uh, face covering? Why? I'm just, I'm just seeing if you're a good citizen. <laughs> you know what? I went to the grocery store today and I wore it. I, I always wear it. Not because I'm worried, but because I'm worried someone will yell at me. The social ramifications of not. Yes, my social credit score. I do not yep. want someone to think I'm a terrible person or a Trump supporter. Dear God. I, I was the opposite way, like in late, it must have been early March, and I wore one when nobody else was. That's interesting. It, that's you're an outlier. Well, I had two babies at home, and I get it. And back and was, back then, we didn't know, you know, that they're probably the safest one of all of us. <laughs> I did. I did actually read a study that they they were pretty darn safe, but still, I don't. I don't know. And no, so they're it's your like, kids, man. Of course. Yeah. So we had to go, and it was it was really weird because I got I got looks, man, because it was like, oh, who's this guy? You know that like this paranoid guy, and then now it's the total, <laughs> total opposite. E so. Everybody's follows a different curve. I think the the curve for most people was, this is dumb at first. This is nothing to worry about. Everybody's freaking out. Like, calm down. And that's what how most people felt. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, like mid March. It was like, yep. oh my goodness, we're all gonna die. 
And I think I think the switch was at first the news was kind of mocking Trump and calling him a racist for closing down flights from China. Yep. And that he was overreacting. And then it switched like he should have acted sooner. We're all yep. going to die. We need to shut everything down. And people freaked out, including me. I was right there with everybody else freaking out, sanitizing my hands three times a day. Bad for your hands. No, it it is, yeah. I keep telling Olivia she needs to make hand sanitizers. One of the manufacturers she works with keeps saying, like, don't you want to make an all-natural hand sanitizer? And she's like, no. I feel like people will think that's corny. Not corny. Taking advantage of a bad situation, you know? If, I, if, if there's hand sanitizer, I want it to, like, burn my skin off. I know. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. You can't actually really make an all-natural hand sanitizer because what what makes it not natural is that they they make the, it's called denatured alcohol. They add a chemical to it so it tastes bad. So people don't drink it. So an all-natural hand sanitizer would have actual alcohol in it. Drinkable. And now you're, now you're selling alcohol, you know? <laughs> so that, that's why you can't have an all-natural one. But anyway, um, I digress. Hey, let's talk about oil really quick. So, you had a fun week. Oh my god! <laughs> so last Sunday, you said, "Hey, I'm hearing it might go negative." And I said, "Blaine, you know you're a smart guy, but sometimes you just say the craziest things." And then 24 hours later, it was negative forty dollars. <laughs> it was. I was I was smiling inside, but I was still shocked and. And it's just, it's nuts. But here, here's what upsets me. So I bought USO, United States Oil Fund. I bought it at like five bucks, let's say, somewhere around there. Very official name. Yeah, I know. It sounds great. And um, oil was $15 a barrel, right? Well, oil is now more than that, but somehow USO is 50% lower. And so That's what it. I realize is that USO does not track oil price. USO deals in oil futures, and that's a whole different game. Um, there really is no way to track oil price as far as investing. Right, and so that is the lesson I've learned. Luckily, I didn't, you know, I didn't have much money in it, but I have learned that ETFs that track other things are not, are probably not probably not wise investments unless it's something you're just buying and holding long term and it's an industry you believe in but if you're trying to trade it you're not going to do well <laughs> you know a derivative of a derivative and and that is just not going to be very closely correlated yeah so somehow oil is up and i've lost 50% of the value um anyway so yeah that whole thing was crazy i i did a little digging into how oil could go negative and stuff. And tell me if I say anything crazy here, but basically the May contract was set to expire that next day. So if you bought a contract, um, it's like a thousand barrels or something. I don't know how many barrels, but if, if you didn't sell that contract within 24 hours, you're going to end up with a thousand barrels of oil. Yep. Um, so people were paying to get rid of it because they didn't want to take delivery of, well, you know, there's nowhere to. Well, you you basically forward that on to the storage facility. Those those thousand barrels, you know, you know, and, and the thing is, is that they're all at capacity. 
right? So you're going to have to pay them. And so you think you're getting a killing because someone's paying you 200 grand to take the oil, but you need to pay someone else 400 grand to get rid of it. Exactly. And so there's, there's just literally nowhere to store it. And so there's one play where you could, I, you know, in theory, invest in the companies that make storage tanks. Um, oh, that's interesting. I do think, I do think if you're going to play oil, it would be something like that in producers or refiners or something. Cause I'm sure they've been hit hard. I would assume. Refiners don't get as much of a hit because they buy the oil when it's low and or they buy it at whatever the market price is and then do their thing and sell it as gasoline or jet fuel. Um, so they, they're not as, as, as affected, but the exploration and, and drilling companies get hosed. But somehow um, it still cost me $70 to fill my truck up. Yep, yeah, that's the... Uh, the weather tax, I like to call it. <laughs> that, that's the big joke of it all. Oh man, I do, I do think California is going to fare better than a lot of other states. I mean, I know it was looking like we were going to be hit hard at first, but it, it really has not been bad at all for us. Yeah. And uh, it's already warm here, and people just want to do stuff, and we have a lot of stuff to do. I think as a state. California. Well, I don't know what kind of crazy unemployment stuff we've done, but overall, I think business here should do well. Not that you can really invest in things that are state specific, but um, I don't know. I, I just had a good feeling driving around today and then 100 degree weather and people are outside. It was kind of cool. Did you hear um, speeding tickets have increased by 87%? How? Nobody's on the roads. People are driving fast. So if one person speeds, three cops are going to see him. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, it was funny, yeah. Oh, man. They got to they gotta get their money in somehow. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just want to stop thinking about this coronavirus thing. Let's, um, let's talk about stocks. Do you have a, do you have a pick? I, um, I don't know if I do. I was going to repeat my bet from last week. You're short? Did you... Um, I pretty much broke even. I think that I think the market was up like a fraction of a percent from Monday to Friday. Yeah, I bought I bought like ten shares or something like that, and it looked good at first, early in yeah, the week. Yeah, and we had a little rebound. Um, no, it's still earnings season. Um, so I think this is the this is the week of earnings season. So um, a lot of the name name brand companies everybody knows are, are coming out. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah. In- Intel had like a little, like they lost like six or 7% one day. And I, I was looking like, Ooh, I'm going to buy some of that because my, my whole theory, probably everybody's theory going into this was there's going to be some companies that shouldn't be affected by coronavirus that will be due to just the general panic, you know, like Intel, for example, they're, going to be selling as many, if not more processors, right? That's kind of your, yep. what you would think at first, at least, at least I did. Um, so I wanted I to get, yeah. So I wanted to get companies like that, you know, Starbucks, Apple, blah, 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 blah. Um, number one, most of them didn't go down that much, unfortunately. Number two, Intel, I just found out that Apple is going to be making their own processors. So they're not going to be using Intel processors in their Macs anymore starting next year. So, um, 
Yeah, that's a great. That is a great point. I, I mean, apparently it was. It's pretty hard to do. But yeah. But Intel's not really making yearly performance gains like they used to. We've kind of hit a, a plateau as far as what we can do. We can't make the circuits any smaller, basically. So yeah, so I so I didn't buy that. So I I'm looking, man. Do you have anything anything for me? I wish I did. Um, I'm I think, just not really optimistic. I think, I think I'm just going to be looking for companies that are name brand companies to have a little five percent dips. Yeah. Or more. And I'm I'm sitting this one out this week. <sighs> yeah, I think I'm going to do the same, which is boring, but. Probably wise. What about other assets? I mean, I know you guys have been looking at maybe getting some land and stuff. Do you see, do you think maybe that, I I don't know how much you keep up on prices. I'm not really seeing any huge dips anywhere yet. Have you seen anything? No. And there's been some that have, that I've kind of done a double take at, but, but the, I think the longer, this coronavirus sticks around i think the bigger the incentive for some people to get out of heavily populated cities Ooh, um, interesting and and with the ability to work from anywhere and and more companies kind of being forced into that like accepting it um i i wouldn't be surprised if people spread out and I don't think it'll happen on a big scale or anything or anytime soon, but it just, that really wouldn't surprise me if more and more small communities are attracting, um, you know, like a town that has no industry would be attracting people that can work from home to go and live there because they're right. probably going to yeah. have a higher income and they're going to be spending money at the local level in a, in a city that, you know, has a general store and a couple farms, you know, and, and I think there's going to be a movement. At least that's, I don't know, that's my two cents. But that's going to take years to play out. Yeah, I mean, I hope there's not because I want to move to a small town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't like the sound of that. But I've, I've been looking for a while. There's actually some stuff here in town, like 20 acres, you know, that was really reasonable. And you would have had to drill a well and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah. I, I didn't do it of course. And now it's double the price, you know, or sold or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, land stays pretty stable. I think, I mean, California is kind of an exception, but, um, yeah, yeah. But if I could, if I could find a state that didn't have an income tax, that'd be kind of nice. Yes. Well, um, so, just kind of in closing here. So, uh, if, if I think there might be somebody listening, unless it's just our wives, because I'm seeing downloads. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Unless, um, unless your wife listened 20 times, I think. That is, that is not true. I can tell you that much. I think there is some person out there listening to us, which is frightening, frightening, frightening. Patient zero. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I think maybe this kind of develops into more of us just chit-chatting because I'm getting less and less interested in trading stocks by the day. Um, I think that, that this this will pass. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean, just in general, I, um, I'm more interested, I think, in just uh, 
you know, like what, what type of asset are you putting your money into? Are you buying funds? Are you buying real estate? Are you buying blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know. Um, we'll see. My mood kind of changes. Honestly, I wasn't interested in stocks at all until this happened. Um, yeah, me neither. I mean, we, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in index ETFs and, and asset allocation and long-term stuff and just put your money in and don't look at your statements. And right, and, right. But the times like this, you know, it's hard to like one of the companies that I do like a lot is Wendy's, and they normally trade around sixteen to twenty-one dollars. Why do you like Wendy's? Because of their spicy so, chicken nuggets. Those are great. <laughs> the reason I like Wendy's for the same same cause, and there's two different reasons I like them. So one reason is because when I go there. You're, if you do the drive-through, you're out of that drive-through within five minutes. And even if there's ten cars in front of you, it's a well, it's a well-run company. It's not quite well-run to the extent like an In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A, but for a big, like headline fast food restaurant like McDonald's, Burger King, it's actually I think you're right. I think it's underrated. It's it's it has to be the fastest drive-through in the industry. Oh, that's like, interesting. I, I I I cannot like. You can go there on the busiest time of day. If you're if you're in that line for more than seven minutes and there's twenty cars, I'd be surprised. I, I don't know how they do it. I hate to say this, but I I've been to a lot of drive-throughs because I drive all the time. Like I'll drive up. I should fly, but no one's yelled at me for driving. So like if I have to go to Reading, I'll drive oh, to yeah. our Sacramento office, spend a day there. I'll drive to our Reading office, spend a day there. On the way back, I'll hit up Petaluma, and I'll make a week of it, you know? And so I go to a lot of <laughs> drive throughs and just restaurants and stuff. And Wendy's is a reliable, like, hey, it's 11 p.m. What's open? I don't want McDonald's. I don't want Taco Bell. I'll go to Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, and they have, they have good food for Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's a drive through Yeah. But, but yeah, so like I just I love their they have such high volumes and and from a cash flow point of view, it's like they can really capitalize on on high demand and and so and their food is always changing in a good way. And so anyways, their stock normally goes from sixteen to twenty two at least from the hmm. recent charts I remember looking at, and they were down at seven dollars. Oh wow at the at the bottom here, like a month and a Back half in ago. March. Yeah, and and I I bought some not at seven, but you know I got some I think at like ten and eleven, and so it works great. But it's like I I just don't see Wendy's going anywhere. Oh ever. no way! I mean, this has been great for fast food. Which it's it's like why why are they allowed to be open? Because you know <laughs> there's seven employees and ten square feet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think all food places are allowed to be open, but a lot of other like small business without drive-through, just no one's going there. Yeah. Because people feel like their car with their window down is some sort of force field that keeps the virus away. Um, yeah, there is a line at, there's a long line at Baker's when I drove by earlier today. So people are, people are going to fast food. I'm, I mean, I'm tired of eating at home. So, um, Okay, so as we kind of wrap up here, a couple things. Um, we do have emails now. I don't know if you've tried logging in, but 
Uh, your email is blaine at firesidechatsnetwork.com. Mine is Trevor. Send, What's that? You sent me an email? I did. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of inconvenient. I'm so used to Gmail. Like you just log right in. Ours is like not Gmail, but anyway, so I'm, I, I will check it. Um, and then there's also a feedback at firesidechatsnetwork.com. Oh. So if people want to write in, ask questions, I mean, that's really how, that's what will make this sustainable is if people have questions or topics they're interested in, um, they can email there at feedback at firesidechatsnetwork.com. And then back to the network idea. Um, so this is called Fireside Finance Chats. Is there a room? Do you want to expand that to include business or more like personal finance or just keep it to investing or maybe start another show about something like that or off grid or health or what What are you thinking, man? So I think if it involves a dollar sign, it, it can be on this show. Okay, cool. And that's pretty broad. That's um, <laughs> literally everything, <laughs> but I like it. And, but then I think there could be some offshoots um, that, you know, might develop over time. I think so, and, too. And, you know, I think things will, things will change. And uh, I, don't, I don't think your life is quite ready for two shows a week, but it will be soon. Once you get to six months, man, everything changes. I can't wait. It just gets so much better. People talk about how, like, oh, it's so amazing when they're a baby. No, it's not. And people say terrible twos. Two has been incredible. Like I would, I would not trade two for any other age so far. Um, She turns three on the eighth, May eighth. So it's almost over. But um, that's been by far the best. So yeah, that first two, that first one, two, three months is brutal. We're two, two months and one or two weeks, and. They're doing good. Yeah. Uh, am I characterizing it appropriately? I mean, nobody's listening. You can tell me. It's kind of tough. It, it's tiring, right? It's extremely tiring, and it, and it's it's constant. Like they're and amazing. I'm not I'm not saying they're bad at that age. It's just a lot of work. It's no. It's like we, in our house. There's always either the dishwasher, <laughs> clothes, clothes washer, sanitizer, heater. Um, there's always something on. And then it's like, oh, wait, and we have jobs. I mean, you guys are very fortunate. You know, you've, you have not overextended yourselves and you have a great career and stuff, but I don't know how other people do it, man. I just don't get like, if if you're both working full time in person. That's what, that's what my, my parents were like. Yeah. And eight eight weeks you were at daycare. And I was like, holy moly. Oh yeah. See, we're not doing any of that. And yeah, I mean, a little, we're doing stuff, but we we usually go with her because we just want to be a part of it. Like she has these little class dance and music and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, I just couldn't imagine not being with them all the time. And so it's, you know, I'm I'm lucky I can work from home um, and, you know, I get to be a part of that, which is super cool. Um, Especially right now when the world's falling apart. Yeah, we we banked on having our our moms come and help out once or twice a week, and that hasn't obviously are, happened. Are you not back to hanging out with family yet? Because that for us started last week, where we're like, yeah, we don't care anymore. Uh, well, I'm 
we have very limited interaction. Like, my parents are still pretty um, worried about it, when right, rightly so. I mean, um, and so they, I've seen them once or twice at their house. Um, but yeah, I mean, there really hasn't been much contact with family. I, I need to get I need to get your uh, your fam on my new supplement, man. I'll talk about it next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got another business in the works. I think I've started and stopped more businesses than any single human being on earth. Well, then we could we could have a discussion about that. Yeah, let's do it. There's a dollar sign for sure. Okay, so um, if you want to write to us and ask Blaine specifically something smart, because I won't be able to answer, uh, send questions to feedback at firesidefinancenetwork.com. Um, I think I got that right. And otherwise you can email us. If you have a complaint about me, send it to Blaine at firesidechatsnetwork.com. I, 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 have, uh, I have insecurities, so I don't need to hear that my voice sounds funny or anything like that. Send that to Blaine. Um, other than that, man, it's good to talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. That was good. See ya.